Welcome to the VCB Podcast, hosted by Jason Smith and Ronaldo Villarreal. Episode number two of 2023. It sounds kind of odd since we're in April, but man, do we have a fun one. But before we get started, I got to bring in uh, my special guest because uh, Ray, Ray cannot make it on this episode. And uh, as much as I miss him, I'm, I'm even more excited to have this guest because, I, I, you know, we're often told, where's your better half? Where's your better half? Well, I got Ray's better half today. Alex, welcome to the VCB podcast. Thank you for stepping in. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Exciting we have, stuff. Yes, we have Alex Villarreal as the guest host today. Ray's better half. And, and I love saying that. I'm going to say it again, Ray. That's, uh, I have your better half. So this should be uh, this episode should knock it out of the park, no problem. <laughs> Anyways, Alex, thank you for joining. Uh, we have a fun and exciting episode today. We're going to be talking about a lot of different stuff, mainly events that are coming up uh, for the holidays, which I'm really, really excited about. Um, but before we kick it off, we want to remind everybody to head on over to myvcb.org. That's myvcb.org for all your updates on everything happening here at Valley Center for the Blind. That's Coffee with Alvin. That's the community groups. That's the book club. Everything that falls under that umbrella, you can go to the calendar at myvcb.org or you can call the center at 559-222-4447. That's 559-222-4447. And talk to Matt and Matt will line you up on any of our events that are happening here at Valley Center for the Blind. Alex... Jason. I know I know you're a part of pretty much everything that's going on around here. Yeah. Yeah, everything. Yeah, you you have your 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 foot, your hand here, your foot and hand here and your head all over the place. Of course, it's <laughs> always you know, it spins around. It just spins around and just keeps going and going. Um <laughs> one of the most exciting things I think we have coming up is our first annual Easter egg hunt on April 15th. Why don't you go ahead and share with us a little bit about what's happening on April 15th? Yeah, so we're going to be over at Oso de Oro Park. Um, we're having a beeper egg hunt for ages K through 12. Um, just giving kids an opportunity to have a, a Easter egg hunt, you know, just like the sighted kids. Um, our visually impaired children as well get to experience that opportunity and it's going to be there for their families. We're going to have um, the Easter Bunny is going to be out there, which oh, is exciting. So awesome. um, uh, we're going to have info booth. We'll have food, drinks. So some exciting stuff happening. So just share with everybody um, what what the beeper egg hunt exactly is. Like, how do you have a beeper egg hunt? Um, so it's a little bit different than a traditional easter egg hunt you know you hide the easter eggs well the beeper eggs we kind of just lay them out <clears throat> and they're eggs that actually beep um i it's in the word right beeper egg yes <laughs> um and i never i never even thought that that was a thing right uh so being a, a sighted supporter like it was just really cool to see the eggs and um not too long ago, Wayfinder partnered with us, and we did one in Bakersfield. And it was really cool to see the kids just searching for those eggs, and uh, just like normal kids, you yeah. know, getting to experience hunting down eggs and getting candy, you it know? It is so awesome. <laughs> it is so awesome. It, it's, it fascinates me every time I see 
uh, the technology with the beeper, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in it's in a lot of the sporting events. It's in the beep, beeper ball, mm-hmm. which we had at White Cane Day, if you were able to experience that uh, whole fiasco. That was so much fun uh, watching everybody just hit home runs and run bases. And if you haven't done beeper ball, uh, check that out too. I mean, we got White Cane Day coming up again this year, so stay tuned for that information. But when you put a beeper in anything, it totally makes it accessible for someone with low vision or blindness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, we have at home, um, we have the the cornhole, the yes. beeper cornhole, yeah. so that Ray can play with the kids. And it's just, it's super awesome to see that he gets to be a regular dad, you know, and he is a regular dad just because... Yeah. Just because he can't see that well doesn't mean he can't play with his kids, can't do things that other dads get to do with their kids. The way that technology has has come around and really made things like this accessible with Braille books, with, uh, you know, Braille books with writing and pictures. Right. So Ray was sharing that with me, too, that he's got some Mm -hmm. of these Braille books now that have the words along with the Braille dots Mm -hmm. and the pictures so he could read to the kids and teach them how to read. If you ever wondered what it's like to be a blind parent, that, that, that'll be a podcast for the future. I think that's, that's going to be something yeah. that we do um, here really soon because I, I think that'll be an excellent topic because I think people miss the fact that with technology and the resources, even the, the old school resources that we have, makes things um, very easy if whether you're an independent person living on your own, a blind person living with a, a sighted person, or if you're just a blind parent particular so Mm -hmm. we'll definitely have to cover that but beeper egg hunt april 15th uh, what is that oso de oro is that how you say it oso de oro park yeah make sure that you check our facebook page um, for all the updated photos on what that was like maybe hopefully some videos will be there as well Mm -hmm. Um, do we need volunteers are we still in need for volunteers yes so um right now we're still in need of volunteers so if you're interested in volunteering call us up and let us know that you're interested in volunteering at the Beep Rag Hunt. Yes, we have a lot of a lot of things coming down the pipeline uh, as we celebrate our 50th anniversary here for VCB. So stay tuned to all of our social media pages on everything that we have going on. I know we have White Cane Day coming up. We have an event that's already booked and packed, but we're doing a, um, a golfing in the dark event. Yeah. Fundraiser, which is very exciting. Have you been a part of that committee as well? I have. <laughs> well, share, just share a little bit about it. I, I, I know all the, the sponsorships have been bought and everything, but uh, just to let everybody know what's happening around our community. What's 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 going yeah. on with that one? Yeah, so we're going to have um, the Glow Ball Golf Tournament is what they're calling it. And it's super exciting because they get to golf in the dark with these glow-in-the-dark golf balls. So it's just like regular golf, but at night with golf balls that glow, yeah. which from the the images that I've seen looks really cool at night. So that's pretty exciting. It's a, it's a fundraiser to to uh, help us here at VCB um, kind of help bring awareness, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said before, just because individuals can't see doesn't mean they can't do all the things that everybody else does, right? Exactly. You know, and I think that when we have these events, it helps individuals realize like, oh, oh, yeah, this is how they do it, too. You know, mm-hmm. um, so that's super exciting. Um, we're going to have it at so it's going to be at Fort Washington Golf Course. Um, we're still accepting registration. OK, um, so if you have a team of 
one or five sign up. We're hey, it's never too late. It's never too late. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's going on, and that's exciting stuff. And pull back the curtain a little bit. The the, the real exciting um, part for me at hearing about this event anyway is I used to golf, mm-hmm. and um, I golfed with low vision. Now, obviously, I never went out to the golf course by myself because I couldn't see what I was doing. But uh, my cousin used to take me all the time. My cousin mm-hmm. was my golfing buddy. He was my eye. He was my side to supporter, right? Mm-hmm. And so all we would do is I would line up on the tee, and I would just he would kind of give me the general direction, right? The, you know. Mm-hmm. And granted, I wasn't the world's best golfer, and I ended up in the rough a lot. If you know golf terminology, <laughs> I never was on the green, so to speak. But I, I, I still found a way to have fun. And I would just smack the heck out of the ball and try to hit it as far as I could. And then mm-hmm. he would drive me to the ball. And then he would kind of line me up and, and roughly try to give me an estimate of how far the the green was or, or what have you. And I'd just go out there and golf with him. Now, I haven't golfed in years. I don't even know what it would be like for me to try to attempt that now. I still have my clubs, but um, I haven't set foot on a golf course and golf course in forever. But I wanted to bring that up because if you have a sighted supporter, there is ways to troubleshoot, to figure it out, to still go out there and have a different type of experience. And um, one of these days, I'll, I'll probably even do a video on that where I'll go out and golf blind and just bring a sighted supporter with me and, and just kind of see how that goes. So this is going to be interesting to see a group of these professionals go out there um, and, and really experience what it's like. And now that's going to be a different experience for them. They're going to have uh, balls that glow in the dark and they'll be able to track it from that perspective. But they're not going to be able, like I didn't, right, mm-hmm. to be able to see how far the green is or where yes. that's exactly at. And they're going to have to figure that part of it out. Yeah. So I think that's, I think that's going to be great. Yeah. I think that's going to be great. So that, when is that event? Do you remember the date on that? Uh, that is happening April 13th. So it's going to be a Thursday. Yeah, two days before the beeper egg hunt. Exactly. So that, that's one way to remember it. So, you know, April is packed with a ton of fun things happening. Uh, we have Lunch Bunch coming up soon. Uh, we have obviously the book club. We have community, uh, the community outreach call. We have even have a young adult uh, group now that meets every month. So if you're interested, if the ages from 16 to 30, I believe that age mm-hmm. demographic is. If you're 16 to 30, call Matt at 559-222-4447. That's 559-222-4447. Uh, before, before we end this too, I, I want to make sure we always thank Clean Logic for all their support. Uh, you guys have Clean Logic products at home, don't you? We do. Yes. yes. So Clean Logic product, everything comes nicely packaged in Braille so you can figure out what it is. They're amazing. They hire people with low vision and blindness to work in their warehouses and put this all together. It's a great company, cleanlogic.com. You can save 10% off your orders by using the code VCB10. That's capital V C B 10 all capitals VCB 10 you save 10% off your order and Valley Center for the Blind gets a little bit back themselves so you kind of help support the community that way uh, what's some of the stuff that you use at home from Clean Logic? Um, I really like their face cloths yes um, I'm a little bit vain there yes <laughs> that's okay that's okay uh, we also use their bath sponges um, yes. I love them for the kids actually they're yeah. not rough or anything um, and then I believe the kitchen sponges, the kitchen sponges as well. And mm-hmm. they're all, uh, they're, they, they use special foam and special materials that are antibacterial. So they're, they're not like your other sponges and stuff that you get where it builds up a bunch of bacteria. Um, they don't, 
feel bad about being vain because I use their charcoal scrubs. <laughs> They're men charcoal scrubs, and, you know, I'm bald, so I, I scrub my head with it, my face, and it really helps exfoliate. Look at me talking all fancy, right? Helps exfoliate <laughs> that, that's my, my skin. That's my favorite part about those is that they exfoliate so well. Yeah, they, they're, they're so good. So if you haven't used any of the CleanLogic products, I encourage you to head over to cleanlogic.com. Use code VCB10, that's all capitals, VCB10, and save 10% on your order and help support VCB continue its mission and helping to support our blind community. Um, and then we also have, I want to make sure that we always talk about Amazon. I think that they've, they've, they've discontinued the Amazon the, smile, yeah. the Amazon smile program, but we wanted, I just want to bring it up because it was such an amazing uh, thing that they did for so many years. And mm-hmm. if you participate in that, I wanted to say thank you and just remind everybody that it's over but that's okay. There's so many different ways that you could help support our community. And one of those ways is by volunteering. So if you're in interested in volunteering at all, you can call 559-222-4447. Ask for Matt. He'll get you connected. I know that you work with some volunteers a lot too. Yeah. What has been your experience with working with volunteers? Um, I absolutely love it. You know, uh, having help and support in the community, it's not just us. You know, and it also helps bring awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, individuals who've never worked with Um, people that are low vision or blind before they get to experience something new and they learn something new. And and it's cool because you get to learn something about yourself and the way you communicate. And it's such a great way for us to, to have, you know, people sighted people come in and we're able to educate and advocate for ourselves and really kind of show them a different world and on how we do things. And it gives them a different perspective of when they're just out and about and they see somebody with a white mobility cane, they're like, hey, I know how they're doing that, or hey, I know what they're capable of doing, and it's not just, oh, there's, you know, another, yeah. another blind guy. It kind of helps break that stigma. Totally behind, helps it. Behind it. Totally helps it. And, and Alex, who, for everybody who don't know, which everybody should be in the know by now, Alex does a lot of our outreach, in fact, all of our outreach, and mm-hmm. she gets to be a part of a lot of different community events and working with our seniors. What do you got coming up? And, and even share a little, you know, do you have a good story to share about maybe an experience you've had recently doing outreach? Um, well, I know we were just out at Big Cat Day. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there the whole time, but I heard some really great things. We had a recent graduate stop by awesome. and his daughter, and they had nothing but great things to say about his experience here and how now he's independently cooking at home. Which is super awesome, you know. Um, Like I said, it goes back to that stigma that people have that, oh, well, they can't see, so they, well, how do they cook? You know, I know with, for me personally, with my family, it was really funny because they were like, well, Ray, how do you do these things? And, (laughs) you know, he's a a regular person. So uh, being at Outreach and hearing those stories from the individuals makes makes my heart happy. And not too long ago, um, I ran into a, a now he's a client, but at the time, awesome. um, he was not. I uh, was at, uh, I believe it was Clovis Fest last year. Yeah. And now he's a client, and he's coming, and he's mobile by himself, uh, which is super awesome to hear and to know that, you know, just by me being out there brought yeah. him through these doors. Yeah. So uh, lots of exciting stuff coming up. I know um, I have a few outreaches going on in the works, not set up yet. Keep an eye out. We're going to be out in the community. That is so awesome. That is so awesome. And and I want to share more of these stories just simply because I know that we gained uh, a few clients at white from white cane day last year. Um, I know that you've helped the senior community a lot by going to the senior centers 
and being ready and available to serve our community is one of the best ways that we can get not only our mission statement out there, but to really impact our community from edu- educating to advocating to finding people that we could help and serve. So if it's on your heart and you want to be a part of that, number one, volunteer. Number two, if you have the means, you could always head to myvcb.org, hit the donate button, and just kind of share some love. Um, I know that the VCB podcast itself is getting ready to enter a whole new realm of communicating with you all here in the next few months. We're really excited about launching a few things, so stay tuned to the podcast. We want to connect with you. We want to hear your story. In fact, we want to hear everybody's story we are gathering stories for the fifth, not only just for the 50th anniversary about how VCB maybe impacted you or a loved one. So we would love to get your story. If you can contact us here at the center at 559-222-4447, you can ask for myself, Jason, uh, Jason Smith, or you can reach out to Ray Villarreal, Alex Villarreal, or even sit Lali Medina, ask for any one of us. We would love to take an intake with you, uh, find a way to catch your story, whether it's on video or audio And we would love to share it not only here on the podcast, but on our social media. So if you have a story that you want to share, please call the center and contact us at 559-222-4447. Alex, is there anything else you got today? Uh, No, I think Uh, we really hit it all. Yeah. So remember, the mission is still on 50 years of serving our community, Valley Center for the Blind. And we look forward to hearing from you spending some time with you, and more importantly, hearing your story. So once again, I want to reiterate, if you have a story, please contact us at 559-222-4447. Ask for Jason, ask for Alex, Ray, or Sitlali. We would love to connect with you, get your story out there, and help inspire somebody who's dealing with sight loss that needs some hope and inspiration. So Alex, thank you for being here today. Uh, Thanks for being Ray's better half. Without you, uh, honestly, you're the engine that makes him go. So we do appreciate you. Thank you. You're probably a lot more than just the engine. You're probably the brains <laughs> and the, no, I'm just kidding, Ray. Uh, we look forward to having Ray back next month, but thank you again, guys, for listening. And we will see you on the other side. we got a great story to share with you about low vision clinics. Yes, we're going to be talking about low vision clinics in uh, part two. So stay tuned. It's that time again. It is time for VCB Stories. What an exciting one we have for you today. Very informative, very educational, and something that I want to share with you all, something that I feel needs to be heard today on the VCB Podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to VCB Stories, part of the VCB Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about low vision evaluations and the importance thereof. Low vision evaluations in our community is sometimes uh, uncomfortable. Sometimes we don't understand what would be the purpose uh, if we already know that we are losing our sight or have lost our sight. And today, I just want to share with everybody a personal experience, a couple of experiences actually that I've had in my lifetime dealing with Stargardt's disease and how it took me some time to realize the importance thereof for low vision evaluations because there's been a couple of moments in my life where I've had a low vision evaluation where it has been, no pun intended, eye-opening. 
So I, I want to share that with you today. As we celebrate our 50th year of VCB in existence, we are proud to let everybody know that inside the clinic, we have our very own low, evalu- low evaluation clinic ran by our very own Kathy Laird. So if you are in need of a low vision eval, please contact Valley Center for the Blind at 559-222-4447 to see how we can assist you in getting one. Uh, maybe you're a DOR client and we could request something uh, to get reevaluated for maybe services or maybe some other creative ways we can to kind of help you see where you're at today. Okay, so to get started, um, my story is a little different than than uh, some other people that I have talked to because my when I was diagnosed with Stargardt's, um, I don't. I, I'm sure it was an eye exam, and I, and I my story is a little different in the sense that my brother um, had went to the eye doctor as he was trying to get his driver's license and found out that he couldn't pass the eye test or he was struggling with the eye test. He went to an eye doctor. The eye doctor saw something in his eyes and sent him to San Francisco to an eye specialist. There, his appointment at the eye specialist, he found. Uh, that my brother had Stargardt's disease. So the specialist at the time wanted to do a family study on his siblings, which would be myself and my sister. Um, Going up to San Francisco that day, my thought process was more of less like, well, you know, I I see fine. I see fine. I I don't see there uh, being any issues with my vision. As I got to the appointment, I mean, this is where it's great for me because I I don't know if it was a full-on examination to begin or he just started off with a basically a low vision evaluation of kind of just uh, checking for the possibility that I could have something wrong with my eyes. Either way, that's the day that I personally was diagnosed. And for myself, I'm not going to chalk that up necessarily to a low vision eval. I, I'm, I'm going to chalk that one up to as, as an exam. But mind you, I never followed up since that day, uh, up until I was 16 at the time, and I didn't have my next low eval, uh, low vision eval or any type of eye doctor appointment until I was the age of 30 years old. And I bring that up because I want to set the stage of an understanding of how important low vision evaluations can be uh, on many different levels. I was working. I was being very successful. I was very happy in my career and what I did. My vision, I kept a secret. Um, there might have been a few of my coworkers, my colleagues, that understood my situation. However, management, obviously, secure, above and beyond that, like corporate, did not know of my situation until it became an issue. And... I always knew that I had an eye disease, but I'll be honest, I I really knew nothing about it or the progression there of it at all. So when the rubber met the road, so to speak, I was left just saying it one day in a meeting they were having with me because they could tell something was wrong and they were basically like, hey, you know what, you're not, you're making these mistakes, what's going on? And you're starting to tread that line where disciplinary actions are going to have to happen here. B 
being a single father living in the Bay Area, that's that's some tough things to hear. I mean, that that I needed this job, especially to stay in the Bay Area. So that's when I first came to that idea. Well, I, I think I need to tell them that I have an eye disease. So I did. I said, well, I have an eye disease. And it's called Stargardt's. And that started the process of them, well, you know, we, we need documentation of your eye condition and we need to understand where you're at in this process. So I finally went back to an eye specialist in Santa Clara this time and had a low vision evaluation. And here was the first time that I learned how important low vision evaluations can be. This is when I first, very first, heard the term legally blind. And I'll never forget that day because I thought being diagnosed with Stargardt's was hard to handle at 16. Sitting there hearing the words legally blind, I was like, what, what does that even mean? I remember asking the doctor, what do you mean I'm legally blind? I can see. And the reason I highlight that so, so, uh, so much is the fact that today as I advocate in the community when I'm approached in public, I, I have a new understanding of how somebody uh, out there, whether it's at a grocery store, a mall, theme park, wherever you may be, if you tell them the term legally blind, they're going to look at you like you're a little off, right? Like, what do you mean? Looks like you can see to me. And I've, I've had quite a few of those experiences, by the way, over my, my, my time as being legally blind. And I off, instead of getting upset or uh, having any type of attitude, I, I reference myself back to that moment of the first time that I heard the term legally blind. And to set the record straight, just for anybody who's listening to this podcast, if your vision acuity is 2200 or worse in your good eye, you are deemed legally blind. Blindness is a spectrum, and there's many different uh, definitions thereof of certain eye conditions, whether it's your peripheral, your central, and, and how quickly... These, some of these, uh, even in each category, for example, I have Stargardt's disease. I know people that had it and were diagnosed at birth. I've known people that have, uh, were diagnosed at an earlier age, maybe like uh, beginning of school, like first, second grade. Uh, I was already halfway through high school when I was diagnosed with Stargardt's disease. So each, each individual progresses in a different rate. Nothing's, it's not a... Uh, a black and white type story of how you lose your sight and any type of eye condition that you may be diagnosed with. So having a good understanding of that and being out in public and being able to advocate for yourself and your other brethren in, that's dealing with sight loss, it's important to have these low vision evaluations to be educated, not only on your condition, but others. And I would love to say that this was a good story as far as me being directed in the right direction right? Um, to be, to be uh, given the opportunity even to hear about the DOR program, Department of Rehabilitation, but that was not offered to me, okay? Um, and I'm sure in the San Jose area, Santa Clara area, in fact, I do know because my brother visited a, I don't know if it was necessarily a blind center, but it was more or less, uh, 
an office that he said that he, and that, that's how he got his white cane and was trained very mildly uh, in O&M. He wasn't even set up with an O&M instructor at the time. So low visions are important not only to educate yourself, but as we move forward, we could help educate the eye, eye doctor community in establishing the fact and the idea that places like Valley Center for the Blind exist, right? Uh, we're fortunate enough here now in, in partnership with DOR that we have our own very low, value, low vision evaluation clinic here in office, which is a great asset not only for our community, but just, just in general because, you know, we were able to advocate and find doctors that come in and help and give up their time to look at our vision. And, and, I'll, and I'll repeat, you know, even since that day, uh, this was been like 18 years ago when I was told I was legally blind for the very first time, I've had several eye evaluations since then, low vision evals. And it's different every time. And, you know, the stigma is, well, if there's no cure for my condition, why should I bother? And I, I, I will say, number one, education. Education for yourself, education for the doctors in the community so they can have a better understanding of some progressions that may happen in you and other people. And, for example, I recently, just recently, we're talking Within the last two months, maybe three, uh, I actually went and saw Kathy because I needed a low vision e-valve. I was getting, I'm, I'm actually in the process of learning JAWS, which we'll get into probably in another episode of, of what that experience is like. Um, and I needed through DOR to have another low vision evaluation. I learned so much, not only how much I progressed since the last time I had a low vision e-valve, but I've learned new terminology like phantom vision, something that I deal with because of the central vision loss that I have. And that has helped me at least understand more and less, and, and this, this will be any encouragement to anybody out there that is having some sight loss and to the point of legal blindness, to the point where you've been offered or given a white mobility cane and some O&M training and one of the biggest struggles that we have is to come into grips with using that mobility cane, especially in public. Now, phantom vision is something that I learned here. And it makes a lot of sense of why I continue to fall off curbs or trip over uh, things in my house or even bump into walls from time to time. Because my central vision has gotten to the point where my mind creates its own visual based off the other surroundings uh, that my peripheral does take in. In fact, you know, especially in normal places, places that I know, for example, here at the Blind Center, I know my way around. I know every room. I know most of the time who's in, e who's in each room, right? So I'm able to have a phantom vision of what the room looks like, at least from a memory standpoint, but it might not be the reality of what's in front of me which I found 100% completely fascinating. I, I, I've been, in some ways, I guess I've been practicing at home um, when it comes to looking at things in my house. And it's, and it's pretty amazing because I could literally stare at my children or my wife and I can make their heads and upper bodies disappear. 
And, and if I just simply blink and open my eyes and kind of like reset the vision, if you will, it, it would be, I would see a head, I would see hair. The way that I often explain it to my family is I, I, I see them as mannequins. If you guys remember mannequins, if you walk into a department store, it'd be an outline plastic shape of somebody's body. Maybe it's a full mannequin with legs, arms, the whole nine head. But they tend never to have faces, right? No eyes, no nose, no mouth, just smooth plastic colored faces or sculptures. So that's what my vision tends to do because my mind can't put in my wife's eyes or that they're moving or even the color of her eyes. Even though I know the color of her eyes, I've never really seen them. She tells me, but it's, it, I find it fascinating. So now I have this knowledge, number one, that my central vision is gone. Two, I have a better understanding of phantom vision Okay, which is going to allow me to even do a podcast like I'm doing today, explaining these things, right? And being able to better educate people that I come across in the community to say, what, well, what do you see? Which is an impossible question to answer fully. But now I have this other bit of terminology to explain to them about phantom vision and how my personal vision works. And I would have not have known this without the low, evalu- low vision evaluation here at VCB. So I encourage everybody, okay, if you have not had a low vision eval in a while or even gone to see an, an eye physician, I would highly suggest that you do so. I mean, it's, I know that sometimes having to go and face some of our biggest fears or repeat hearing something repeated to you that you already understand at like, Oh, there's no cure or you have this disease. You know, I've, I've talked to so many people and I've shared the same feeling with them many, many times in my life about why should I go? I, I already know where I'm at. And a lot of the times, you know, I, people would say the same thing as I thought, right? Why, why do I bother? Well, I've come to learn and, and thanks to Valley center for the blind and all the wonderful uh, different people that we encounter here every day and everybody's stories, because that's why our stories matter. Our stories are important. And I'll reiterate again, if you ever want to share your story, please contact me here at Valley Center for the Blind at 559-222-4447. I would love to hear your story. I would love to share your story. Our stories are powerful. They really help the community, and they could really help somebody else uh, gain encouragement and motivation to face their own fears when it comes to their sight loss and have a low vision evaluation to find out where they're at. There's many different things that can come up in our vision as well. Uh, cataracts, glaucoma, et cetera. Eye pressure is one of a big, the big things that could happen, which could cause your retina to detach and, and many other issues that come along with that. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm an eye doctor. I am not. I just know now, okay, that low vision evaluations are important and I have mixed feelings, right, when it comes to these uh, physicianal treatments or these exams because there's the story of my first diagnose, diagnosis where I was hurt and I was upset. And it was, it was kind of a, a hard time in my life, right? The second one I had, same thing. 
even though I learned something, being told for the first time that you're legally blind and now you're carrying this new idea of yourself. And by the way, everything fell apart for me at that point in my life. As far as career was gone, I had to relocate, uh, which was the best thing that ever happened to me because I ended up here in Fresno and found Valley Center for the Blind. But nevertheless, that was a hard time in my life. And then I see the progression of being in part of this community, being part of Valley Center for the Blind and everything that it has to offer, uh, having the support and encouragement of, of my peers and being able to step back into a low vision evaluation and actually come out of there, I would say even more confident because now I, I understand a lot more about where my vision's at. And it's not so much for me at this point, my, what my exact acuity is, but more or less that I don't have central vision, okay? And that I understand what phantom vision is now. So now I am able to take my life in my daily situations and have a different outlook in how I approach each day and understand that I can't trust everything my mind is telling me I'm seeing to be more careful. I'm more encouraged to pick up my white mobility cane and use it and the training that came along with it. And it also empowers me to help our community, the rest of my peers, and encourage them when the time is right for them. I don't push anything on anybody, but to make sure that they stay on top of their training, whether it's AT, ILS, or O&M, and encourage them. I will encourage everybody, again, if you haven't had a low vision eval in a while, look into it. Look into it. Find out where you're at. If you find sudden changes in your vision or things that you can't fully comprehend what's happening, maybe you see a floating piece go across your eye, have it checked out. Get educated. Not only will you be helping yourself, you'll be helping others that you come across, and you could be that beacon of hope, motivation, and inspiration for them to go and find out where they're at and then get the encouragement and motivation and training they need to be not only safe inside their environment, right, but to become more independent. So, again, I can't say enough about our services, regardless of where you're at with our services, right, whether you're just part of our community calls or you're in AT training or you're doing ILS, right, or even O&M. It all starts here with a low vision eval. So again, I'd like to thank all the leadership at VCB for having the means for it to be here in-house. I, I want to thank Kathy personally for making sure that it runs smoothly and that, that the, the services they offer and the education they give us so we could be more educated and live a more productive life with confidence and independence, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So I want to, in closing, I just want to encourage you, go have a low vision eval, right? Have your vision checked on a regular basis. And if you have any questions to reach out to us, we have wonderful community call groups, support groups, that we could talk all these things through, listen to the podcast, a lot of great things coming, all right? Uh, you know, 
we we have had a slow start to the year, but we're back on track. We're me and Ray are very excited for this the rest of this year. Uh, we're going to really take big steps in growth on how we communicate with you all. So we encourage you guys to continue to check out the Facebook page, the YouTube page, the uh, website myvcb.org, and continue to listen to the podcast as we will be going live on YouTube eventually. We will have emails where you could write to us and give your thoughts and ideas. But more importantly for 2023, we want to hear from you and your story. So if you have a story, we would love to tell it. Contact me at 559-222-4447. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this edition of the VCB Stories right here on the VCB Podcast. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.